Hello. This is the first in a series of podcasts I'd like to do on Finnegan's Wake by James Joyce. Uh, I apologise if there's a lot of background noise in this episode. It's ludicrously hot, so I have my balcony doors open while I'm recording, and it's the middle of the day rather than when I normally record at night, so there's a little bit more traffic, people on the streets, etc. I thought this might be interesting for people interested in literature because I am currently in the process of reading Finnegan's Wake. Now, reading Finnegan's Wake is an interesting thing for a couple of reasons. The bibliographer will be back shortly. I return with wine. I took a break to drink some more of this Fiederweisser seasonal wine, which is it's absolutely delicious. It's this, it's just this extremely sweet white wine. It's about nine and a half percent, very tasty. Anyway, reading Finnegan's Wake is, um, it's an interesting activity for a number of reasons. One is that the narrative, famously, is completely circular in that the first sentence, which is a sentence fragment, is the end of a sentence which is the final sentence fragment of the novel. So the final sentence begins, Away alone, alast, aloved, along thee, and the book then continues along the river run past even Adams from Swerve of Shore to Bend of Bay, brings us by a commodious vicus of recirculation back to Health Castle and environs. And this makes it interesting, I think, because it means, as a person quite interestingly put it to me on a Facebook literary group that I'm a member of, you don't actually have to start Finnegan's Wake anywhere, really. Anywhere specific, that is. Because... The narrative recirculates, as Joyce puts it himself, anyway. So you can start anywhere, and you get the whole story, a story which may or may not exist, by the way, wherever you start. So it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. So that makes it an interesting reading experience. I did start from the beginning, from the beginning that Joyce had decided was meant, was meant to be the beginning when he published it. And I am currently... This will be the first of maybe maybe one more, perhaps two more podcasts, depending on how much I feel I've got to say about it. Um, currently, I'm about 260 pages in, nearly halfway. It's about 600, uh, 620 pages, and I'm 263, so not quite halfway, not too far off. The second reason why it's interesting reading Finnegan's Wake is summed up by Seamus Dean, who writes the introduction to the Penguin version that I've got. I'll cite the copy I'm reading in the description. The first, sentence, the first sentence of the introduction he wrote to my version is, the first thing to say about Finnegan's Wake is that it is, in an important sense, unreadable. And Finnegan's Wake is really, unbelievably unreadable. So much so that of the 260 pages I've read so far, I use the word read very loosely because you can't really read Finnegan's Wake. You just kind of... Your eyes move over words that you don't understand because they're not really words. They're just amalgamations of letters that 
seem to somehow occasionally conform to an expectation one has about how the English language works while simultaneously subverting it. But of those 260 pages, I've, I've probably enjoyed 5 to 10%. On page 13, it's the first passage that I starred in pencil from Finnegan's Wake. And it goes like this. So how idlers wind turning pages on pages, as innocents with anaclete play Popeye antipop, the leaves of the living in the bulk of the deeds, annals of themselves, timing the cycles of events, grand and national, bring facile wise to pass how. Makes absolutely no sense. I, I, I couldn't even try and glean a meaning from it with a, a gun to my head, but I think it nonetheless sounds very, very beautiful as well as being beautiful, is very funny whether he means to or not. Lots of it is very funny just because of how crazy they sound and silly. It's almost like child's language. I mean, it's meant to recreate. One theory is that it's Joyce's attempt at recreating what dreams are like. I've never had a dream which is, which this, of which this book is representative, ever. My dreams make way more sense than this book does. But I think it's more childlike almost how children babble and say semi-words and if they could write down exactly what they were saying and form fuller sentences, I think that's more similar to what Finnegan's Wake would be like. And so much of it is funny. Anthony Burgess said that Finnegan's Wake is rare in that it's a book which can make the reader laugh on almost every page. Joyce learned, I have in my head, 17 different languages to try and make the book as, I guess, complicated as possible. One of them's German, which I speak, and it's fun going through and seeing all of the different German words and how he's sometimes even uses them sort of in their correct, using that term loosely, places, um, more often not, of course. I'm looking here on page 20, there's... Good morg, um, which sounds like it could be some Austrian dialect version of Guten Morgen, which just means good morning. But, so I hear, 17 different languages. Once he ran out of word plays and puns to make in the English language, he started deciding to learn other languages to try and, to try and figure out puns and word plays in those languages. And to learn 17 languages for a novel, I think is a pretty, pretty impressive feat. An almost as impressive feat is reading the damn thing. <laughs> There's very little plot. There's actually no critical consensus on what the plot is, whether a plot even exists. Well, that's not strictly true. There is, a, there is consensus among many academics, but not all, because it is so unreadable. But again... It's kind of okay because it's very funny. For example, there's one section which is written all in questions. The first question in this chapter is about 13 pages long. The answer is two words, which I think is really quite funny. It's also a technique that Joyce used in Ulysses when he did the question and answer part, which I believe is when Bloom and Daedalus are walking back home together, back to, I believe, Bloom's house. Um, yeah, and I really enjoyed the question-and-answer section in Finnegan's Wake, even though it was 
exceedingly difficult to read. The part I'm at now, however, which I'm not enjoying at all, is written, there's, so there's a column down the middle of the page. Then on the left, there are stage directions. On the right, in all caps, are margin notes, often in Latin or fake Latin, not even pig or dog Latin, just Latin that Joyce has completely made up. And then there's also a minimum of three footnotes on every page, which means you read a sentence that you don't understand anyway, like, And how else do we hook our hike to find that pint of porter place? Am shot, says the big guard. Then you read the stage direction to that, with his broad and hairy face to Ireland a disgrace. Then you move over and you read the margin note, which just says, Sick. Who's made that, sp- that spelling mistake? Joyce? Who knows? And then you go down to where the footnote is for number one. Raw meat quosh with her garlic ting. If old Herod with the Cornwall's eczema was to go for me like he does snuffler, whatever about his blue canaries, I'd do nine months for his beaver beard. And that takes quite a lot of time, reading the sentence, the stage directions, the margin notes, and the footnotes. And you, ha- and you still haven't understood any of it. That being said... There are still some funny bits. Just going through and having a look at some of the markings, there's one bit I've I've highlighted here, which was just persona erector. <laughs> Quite funny. One bit here, which kind of reminded me of cricket. High time is ups, be it down, into outs according. And then here I've got all old satyrs of the so scepter, highly nutritious family histrionic. My personal favourite, however, is currently my WhatsApp bio. So much of an absolute book loser I am and it's was not just this in effect which had just caused that the effect of that which it had caused to occur I think that's an absolute I think it's one of the most beautiful sentences I've ever read it had me honestly laughing so much when I read it because it's just so silly that's all Finnegan's Wake really is is it's just silly and I come therefore to my point of this episode which isn't really that Finnegan's Wake is unreadable for these two reasons I mentioned at the beginning and developed on and rambled on about, but actually that I'm reasonably certain the whole thing was just meant, pour myself some wine, as a complete piss take. He took 17 years to write this thing, and I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure he did it just to piss off his publisher to... Yeah, just as just as a Mickey, as a Mickey tape, really, just as a laugh. And for that, I really, really respect him. The the blurb on this rather serious modern classics edition says Supreme linguistic virtuosity conjures up the dark underground worlds of sexuality and dreams. Does it really? Or is he just fucking about and he's just trying to he's just having a laugh, isn't he? There's a, there's a quote that my friend Brad sent me. I believe it was a letter from Joyce to his daughter where he wrote something along the lines of heaven knows what it all means, but doesn't it sound nice? <laughs> In reference to some Finnegan's Wake that he'd got her to read. I think that's probably quite accurate. Uh, in the Elman biography of Joyce, as he gets older, I mean, one could make one could make the argument that he became less interested in literature, which he anyway refused to talk about after Ulysses, and he became more interested in sort of poetry, music, and just different sounds in general. You can read some of this in Ulysses already when he's just 
chapters are all written or maybe not whole chapters but some pages are just written all in music or he's looking at how the English language has changed over time and he's interested with the sounds of it and the cadence and how it works and really although it would be very very difficult reading Ulysses and Finnegan's Wake out loud would be a much much nicer way of appreciating them even though it wouldn't make any sense in the same way that poems like Carol's nonsense Jabberwocky for for example as, uh, even though they it's a nonsense it's a nonsense poem by Lewis Carroll the Jabberwocky it's so much more beautiful when you when you hear it said out loud because of the lyrical nature of the of the words that Carol used even though most, so many of the words didn't make sense so i think my two main ideas really is just that he's kind of he's making it up as he goes along obviously which is what all of the best writers do and he had this crazy morning routine where he'd wake up and do his spanish lessons move on to his german lessons then his hungarian lessons he was using all of them in finnegan's wake to create plays on word and just silly puns as much as he could puns which also didn't even make sense to him according to the letters that he wrote to his daughter and then at the same time, there's a quote I read from him somewhere, which I will attempt to attribute, but I don't know if I'll be able to find it, where he said, every single sentence in Finnegan's Wake is deliberate, <laughs> which simply cannot be true. Not even every sentence is deliberate in a normal novel, although I hesitate to use the word normal, but I, f- I feel like my meaning comes across. Not every sentence is deliberate in that, unless you're a Nabokov, Amos type. There's no way a 625-page novel that is meant to be a representation of dreams, that is to say, actually, a representation of nightmares, because it essentially involves repressed, quite gross sexual desires. There's no way every sentence in that is deliberate. He's just lying, which confirms my point that he just wanted to take the piss. He wanted to have a bit of fun. It just (laughs) happened to take him 17 years to do it. But part of that was probably because of his poverty, because of his interest in learning new languages and playing music and learning music and travelling. In the introduction to the version I've got, between the publication of Ulysses and their fleeing, his and his family's fleeing in 1939, um, they had something like 120 different addresses in Paris. So, you know, they, he obviously had a lot on his plate at the time and he learned a load of new instruments, according to this Elman biography. Yeah, there's another funny bit in that biography that my, my friend Brad related to me where um, he'd been running late for a scheduled meet-up with some of his friends and I quote, because he'd been luring parakeets to his balcony in Paris <laughs> at the age of like 60 years old. Like, of course it's going to take him 17 years to write it. Of course it's just a massive joke. Yeah, I suppose the final point to make is, so on, to, on top of that, the fact that I'm, I'm certain for all of its prowess, that it's just a big joke. It's completely unreadable. I'm pretty sure it was just a big middle finger to... I guess the whole kind of literary establishment, maybe even the whole modernist movement, who knows. At the same time, it fits into quite a long, even though it's ostensibly prose, I think it it fits into quite a long tradition of works that need to be read aloud to be completely appreciated. Obviously, that's difficult to do with a 625-page book, especially when you're reading, you know, in bed. You don't want to piss off your housemate by reading Finnegan's Wake aloud at one o'clock in the morning. 
However, it's been described on my blurb as dazzlingly inventive. That's definitely true, with passages of great lyrical beauty and humour. Also definitely true, there's going to be some when you're writing it for 17 years. So much of it is beautiful. I don't believe every sentence was deliberate. I don't believe he had a clue what half of it meant. But lots of the best writers don't really know what their work means. And do you think Lewis Carroll knew what the Jabberwocky was about? Of course he didn't. It was just meant to be a bit of fun. It was meant to be funny and sweet and sound nice when you read it aloud. And that's what I think Finnegan's Wake is meant to be about. Maybe in the next 370 pages I'll have changed my mind to something else. But for now, as they say, I rest my case. (laughs) 